Leading Britain's Conversation. This is a podcast from LBC. James O'Brien. Well, I know what you're thinking. Every hour's a mystery hour at the moment. <laughs> Long may it continue. It gives us plenty to get our collective teeth into. But this is a mystery, or mysteries, plural, of a rather more palatable and indeed gentle um, nature. You have... I just locked myself out of the studio, if you're wondering why I'm out of breath. Uh, very, very close, that, to a, to a career first of not being here when the lights came back on. I, um, I know that you have somewhere inside your mind, somewhere in the back of your brain, a question to which you would really like to find an answer. Um, it may be that the question has been preying on your mind for months, years, decades. It may be something the kids have said to you recently that you've been unable to answer. Or it may just be something that's, that, that occurs to you in the course of the next sort of 54 or 55 minutes. The point is this. Somebody else listening to this programme will know the answer, and they'll know it because they know stuff. They're not going to Google it or look it up or anything like that. They're going to know stuff. And it was really interesting the last sort of half an hour, wasn't it, talking to students and recognising that even lads like Philip, who were on the march, recognise now that the, the, the terms and conditions of the graduate loans, of the, um, of the student loans, are generally favourable. It was one of my first political moments, actually, um, when I was working in menswear. I told you this. And there's a, la- there's a fellow I didn't get on with very well. He was quite a lot older than me. And my student job turned into my first job because journalism was proving curiously immune to my myriad charms. And he used to show me, when, when I was there as a student, he used to show me his payslip sometimes and point at the income tax and get quite cross about him paying, he was paying for my university education. And remember, I wasn't training to be a doctor or a nuclear physicist or a cancer researcher or anything like that. I was doing philosophy. And, 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 and I remember thinking, it was one of those moments where I thought, oh, God, he's got a point. So that notion of having to pay for a degree in a society where they have a premium seems to me to be fair. But listening to people change their minds, it was fascinating. And I mentioned that at the beginning of Mystery Hour, because my kids are growing up in a world where they don't really need to know stuff in the same way that we did. You, you can have in your pocket uh, a computer more powerful than the ones that were on the Apollo mission to the moon. And it's in your pocket. You can find out in the blink of an eye almost anything that you want to know it's it's a bit like the the pointlessness really of mental arithmetic in a world of pocket calculators but times a billion and i don't know how we're going to shake it down as a society i don't know whether knowledge is going to become redundant and and everything will be a point of reference you teach people how to think teach people how to process information you can do all of those things, but if, if information is no longer valuable because it's on a hard disk rather than in your little grey cells, then I don't know what, what the future is going to look like. I'm not sure this is going to become a major issue in our lifetime, and I'm not quite sure why I've inflicted such a labyrinthine introduction upon you at the start of Mystery Hour. But the point I was leading up to, <laughs> eventually, was this. I still think it's cool to know stuff. And I still love people who know. It's why everyone from Fred Dibner to Brian Cox on the telly is so compelling. When people just have a passion for their subject, it is, um, it's infectious, isn't it? It's contagious. Brian Cox talking about astronomy, Fred Dibner talking about steeples. To a slightly lesser extent, Michael Portillo talking about trains. But you, you know what, Jamie Oliver talking about food. It's just lovely. And on, on a much smaller level, Mystery Hour offers you a weekly opportunity to, to, to share your knowledge, to show off, not show off, I'll do all the showing off, to just sort of share your, your knowledge, the fruits of your learning, which is why if you ring in with an answer, two things happen. The first is, uh, you will explain what your answer is, 
And the second is, if it sounds uh, compelling, I'll ask you what your qualifications are. Now, your qualifications could be anything from, I saw it on telly last night, James, right through to one of the patron saints of Mystria, who happens to be the professor of the public understanding of science at the University of Brighton. So it, it, it may be that you've done a PhD thesis in whatever subject you've ring, rung into contribute to or it may be that you literally saw it on the goggle box last night that's it um questions cover a, a multitude of sins to be honest with you it could be as silly or as serious as you like we try to guard against dullness but frankly standards are slipping every week so you'll probably get on with the right or boring one these days and that isn't necessarily a bad thing because sometimes really boring questions have hilarious answers Eight minutes after 12 is the time. 03456060973 is the number that you will hear me repeat whenever there is a phone line free. We have quite a lot of traffic in the first 10 or 15 minutes of mystery. Some people have to be politely invited to sling their hook. Others um, struggle to get through. But once we're up and running, it's all very straightforward. And, and it's fun, which in the current context of news broadcasting is a bit of a hen's tooth. Steve's in Bournemouth. Steve, question or answer? Oh, hello, mate. I have got a question for you. Carry on, Steve. Uh, so, sea snails, um, <laughs> what I want to know is why they are not affected by the salt in the water like a normal snail would be on land. Because they're sea snails. Yeah, I know, but, how, you know, what's, why aren't they affected by it? What's happened there? Well, why aren't fish? Yeah, but... but if, Okay, but uh, but a snail on land, assuming they're very similar creatures. Yeah, but they're not that yeah. similar. Yeah, one but of them can survive in the sea. One of them can't. That's a pretty big difference, Steve. Yeah, but the the biology of <laughs> they just the creatures look, must oh, be come on. similar. Really? Yeah. You, so you think that because they look similar, they must be biologically similar? Whereas I think that because one can survive in the sea and one can't, they must be biologically quite different. But I just think something, there must be something through the uh, point of evolution that, that they've developed some way or knack to, to survive yeah. in those conditions. No, I mean, and that'll be it, but it'll be, I mean, it, that will be the answer. So you've kind of answered it yourself, but you want oh. more... Well, haven't you, oh, though? Yeah. It'll be... Well, well you yeah. said, why can sea snails survive in the sea and land snails can't? Yeah. And the answer is because they're sea snails, so they're going to be biologically different. There's going to be an evolutionary... Glitch that explains uh, one or the other. I want a bit of depth to that. I want a bit of depth to that, to that no, answer. I'm going to get it for you. I, or at Thanks, least I'm going to try. I, why, why? Just, quick, just quickly, have yeah. you uh, been back to Kitty recently? Not for a couple of months. Why? Uh, I'm, I'm a stalwart lad myself. Shut so up. Are you serious? Yeah, from originally. I live in Bournemouth now, yeah. Are you a town fan? I am, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm a... Uh, you know, you've got to be, haven't you? But I'm a Wolves fan, really. Yes, they all my are. Dad, Same my, with Harriers. Yeah. They all support Wolves or West Brom, but I, I'm you pure can, Harriers, me. I used you to have a bit... through and through. <laughs> I used to support Forest, but it gets too complicated when you get older. <laughs> so Harrier, Harriers all the way. I'll see you at Agra yeah. for the next Derby, Steve. Oh, nice, mate. I remember the glory days when they got into the, uh, the proper league, yeah, right, didn't mate. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all right, bit of sensitivity, <laughs> Steve. Bit, bit of sensitivity, mate, if you don't mind. Yeah, Mulby's Red Army. 11 minutes after 12 is the time. Charlie's in. I've forgotten his question now. I got distracted by the football. Sea snails. Charlie's in Haringey. Charlie, question or answer? Hello, James. Question, please. Carry on. Um, have you ever heard of the... What, well, I believe it might be a myth, but that's why I've come to you with it, that yeah. you swallow spiders in your sleep. <laughs> no, no, it's not and a how myth. How many do you swallow? <laughs> it's true. I, I mean, this no, is the sort of thing I, I, that, that, that I, I could have forgiven you for Googling, but it is true. Is it? Because yeah. me and my friend have had an argument about this this morning, so I need you to solve it. <laughs> I, 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 well, who's going to be able to go definitive on it? Well, surely there's some, someone's on a study. 
Yeah, someone's done a study, but we need to speak a to the person. Come what, on, yeah, I'll get you a scientist. There is, there is. Uh, I can't. <laughs> it's, is it something like seven in the course of your lifetime, or something like that? Someone, I thought someone said eight a year, or something. Uh, yeah, really, I mean, that many? It can't be that many. Exactly. I don't know. Do don't we? Know, how many been, spiders do we eat in our lifetimes in our sleep? Or do do we eat them? Yeah, at I'm all, sure we do. What are they doing in the night? I'm what sure are they doing we do. Well, they're crawling around, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but are they on your face? Do you know my wife got? I don't know if I should tell you this. I hope she got her hand nibbled by a rat once while she was asleep. <laughs> How gross is that? That's not good. What would you rather, have your hand nibbled by a rat while you were asleep or swallow a spider? I'd take a spider any day, I think. Would you really? But that's actually gone yeah, right down your gullet just... and everything. Why not? You wouldn't know about it. No, I guess not. Well, you do that's now. I'm telling you, you wouldn't. she didn't know she'd been nibbled by a rat until she woke up and, uh, and uh, showed oh, right. the okay. marks to a mate who's a doctor and said, you've got rats at the moment. We thought you might, yeah. So you've got to choose. Oh. Eat, eat a spider or get nibbled by a rat. What's it going to be? And you find out in the morning. Uh, spider, I think. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, still a spider. We're yeah. doing this all wrong, aren't we? These should be the topics we do on the programme. So would you rather eat a spider or get nibbled by a rat? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. James O'Brien dismantles spider swallower. Viral clip on the interweb. 13 after 12. Steve's in Bromley. Question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on. Uh, on behalf of my daughter, why do we have chins? So that we can be distinguished from Conservative MPs. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell her that later on. Yeah, that'll go down well. <laughs> what, what, what does she mean? I mean, it, as opposed to what? Just to... So literally, all, all it was was one morning she's getting dressed for school. Yeah. And she just turns to me and says, uh, Daddy, yeah. okay, wh- why do we have chins? All right, I'm giving you this, mate. And before I style it out and say something really stupid, because she's at that age now where it's like, really, Dad? <laughs> I just thought, let me ask someone who might know. So but why I would... I don't understand. Yeah. What would we... I mean, because the obvious answer would be to stop all the food falling out of our mouths. No. Yes! Really? But well, what does she mean? Why do we have chins? Have you, what? You mean... Why do we have anything? No, 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 no. I love no. it. You're, you, you're being dismissive of me after ringing into us why we've got chins. <laughs> yeah, funny. Good one. How old is she? Year seven? Year eight? Uh, no, she's a... Uh, you- Five, so she's just started from school. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, I've got you because I'm, I'm at the next chapter now where everything I say is wrong. Uh, Steve, take it easy. Well, why do we have chins? It's a joke there about the Hong Kong phone book, isn't there? But I, I can't remember exactly what it is. Martin is in Eastbourne. Martin, question or answer? Uh, question, mate. Carry on. Yeah, uh, is the energy used in making a battery um, greater than the energy that the battery supplies? It must be, mustn't it? I don't, I mean, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, the energy to make, a, say, an AA battery. Yeah. And then compare it to the energy that ba- the battery supplies. But it can't be, because if, if the answer was no, then there would be energy being created out of nothing. You, you'd be ending up with more energy coming out of a process than you put into it. That's one of the first laws of physics, isn't it? No, you lost me there. Oh, I don't think I can explain, mate. If, if if you can't cope with my explanation of physics, I don't think it's, get, it's not going to get any simpler. <laughs> you can't you can't take more energy out of something than you put into it. It's impossible. I love the TikTok in the uh, background. I'm going to give myself a round of applause, but I will repeat your question um, and see if anybody because it's possible I've completely misunderstood it. But in the meantime. Right, there you go, Martin. I love that sound of someone who's pulled over with the hazard lights on, which is the correct way to contribute to this programme. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. 
Sea snails, <laughs> chins and spiders. You can join the dots. It has, as someone's pointed out on Twitter, all gone a bit partridge. Would you rather swallow a spider in your sleep or get nibbled by a rat without knowing until you woke up? Lee's in Bradford. Question or answer, Lee? Question, Lee, James. What's it going to be? Um, well, we're just uh, renewing my passport uh, for my daughter. Um, well, hang on, hang on a bit, mate. You can get a blue one. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to wait for one of those. Hang on. I'd rather than a red one. <laughs> um, and um, so we've got the photo taken. Yes. And, uh, obviously give her all the instructions of what to do and what not to do. Um, and she just asked, why can't I smile in the photo? Oh, we've we never done that before. That's a lovely question. How much does your face change when you smile? Well, I'm looking at the um, the, the passport office kind of guide, and, yeah. and there's a, um, a lady there with an approved tick by her face, and she's got a nice kind of solemn face on. And then it does say don't smile, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I had mine done at Snappy Snaps, and they told me to. I don't don't smile. It's very hard for me because I'm such a cheerful fellow. And there's a few other things that they kind of say don't kind of have a hat on and all that kind of stuff, and that makes sense. But yeah, of course it does. Can't get my hand around the. Smile, I love that. No, you're on. You're on. How old's your daughter? Uh, she's ten. Oh, that's a nice age as well. So, so we shall solve yeah. this mystery on her behalf. I love that. Nice one, yeah. Lee. Cheers, mate. Twenty-one after twelve is the time. Uh, Brian, it's all a bit, all a bit testosterone-y mystery hour this week, isn't it? Where are all the ladies? Brian is in Worthing. Brian, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Yes. Oh, but for uh, before I ask my question, I must say um, I'm a first-time caller. Yes. Right. Um, why do people say that, James? Why do people say I'm a first-time caller? Yeah, is it because of embarrassment or what? I don't know. It's a no, tradition. I don't understand it either. And do you know what the oh, worst no. thing is? Because wor- you never want to sound ungrateful to people who've rung in. Yeah. But the worst thing is that if one person does it at, like, 20 past 10... Yeah. Every other first-time caller does it for the rest of the programme. Yeah. But if but if nobody does it, then we can go for a few, quite a long time without anybody mentioning it. I don't mind it. I, I just sometimes think, you know, the minute spent telling me that could have been spent, not unlike this conversation, well, actually, well, Brian, could have been spent telling me what it is you'd rung in to ask. Yeah. Anyway, that's my question. My question is, James, <laughs> right, my question is, why do moths come out at night when it's dark Yes. and then head for the nearest source of light? I'm sure you've had moths buzzing around in your bedroom. They go around street lamps. We're all right. The rats eat them all. Yeah. Well, why do they do it? They, they think it's the moon. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. They think... No, they do. Why are you laughing? It's the moon. Well, I'm not laughing. I'm no, not Beth's... The, the producer's laughing at me while I'm presenting the programme. It's the definition of unprofessional. Yeah. It, it's you the moon. Laughing. It's the moon. They think it's the moon. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone knows that, don't they? Same right. with bats. So, so, do you get random applause? Well, I've got a sea of blank faces staring back at me through the glass, Brian. So, I, I'm going to... I don't know. Do you feel satisfied now? Or do, would you rather uh, that we put it out to tender? I, I think you should put it out to tender, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm putting it out to tender, Brian. Right, lovely, thank you. I know I will continue to listen to your show. I'm very glad to hear it. Next time you ring in, do not tell me that you're a second-time caller. No, all right, mate. Mind, there you go. 23 after 12. I thought moths and moons. I thought everyone knew that. This is a problem of working with young people. Mike's in Twickenham. Mike, question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on. Uh, spiders. Yes. Uh, we don't eat them in our sleep. So? No, sorry. Um, it would be a really, really bad evolutionary trait for spiders to crawl into big um, carbon dioxide spewing holes. Where, where does the myth come from, then? Um, as I understand it, it was originally seeded by somebody who was uh, studying urban myths. 
just to show how easy it was to spread something out there. Is that, that right? Very well. My oh, gosh. I started one. Do you, I don't know if you were listening a few weeks ago, but I, 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 I'm trying to get it out there that darts was invented by the Earl of Dartmouth. Yeah, I've been listening out for that. No one's mentioned it yet. Not yet. Well, it'd be early days, mate. It's going to take. It takes a while to get to get halfway around the world. But I did find. I think I found a pub on the way near Victoria called the Earl of Dartmouth. So I'm thinking of of, of doubling down and and trying to sort of claim that it was done there. Oh, the, it's got to be done. Yeah, the first dart. So, I, what are your qualifications on spiders? Um, I've been keeping tarantulas for 20 years, and I, I do a lot of talks on UK spiders, and a lot of my time is spent debunking common myths. Like that one, like, like the that idea one. that we accidentally swallow spiders. And you're right, they'd be crawling into an area where they couldn't respirate, wouldn't they, really? But they would, all just being swallowed. You know, all getting swallowed. Why would you do that? Yes, yeah, all right. Good plan. Nice one. Round of applause for Mike, the spider expert. What do you call a spider expert, Mike? Um, arachnologist. Of course you do, arachnologist, yes. 12, 25 after 12, I love that. Nice. Moths. Still on the board. Spiders no longer on the board. Sea snails. It's all gone a bit, David Attenborough. Sharon is in Mill Hill. Sharon, question or answer? Um, a question, please, James. Carry on. So, basically, you know when you're watching a programme um, and they always say, oh, X amount of million viewers tuned in? Yes. Um, I don't think it sounds really stupid, but I've got no idea how the hell do they work that out so quickly. They send... It's electronic boxes in some people's houses. I forget how many, but this is Barb, it's called, B-A-R-B. And the, mm -hmm. the, they, they have, they hope, a representative sample, which they then multiply according to the size of the population. So, you know, if, if you were trying to find out what 100 people were doing, but you obviously couldn't afford to put a box in 100 houses, you put a box in 10 houses, ideally 10 representing the 100, if you see what I mean, and then times if eight of them were watching it, you'd conclude that out of 100 people, 80 people were watching it. So they, they just have electronic boxes. Radio is even more um, uh, complicated, arguably, but that's how they do telly. Yeah, but that's, that's just... That, that's Coming back at me on this! Come on, but that's not accurate, and that's just, they just... Well, don't take it out of the messenger, madam. That's how you asked how they do it. I've told you how they do it. If you don't like it, take it out with Bob. <laughs> OK, fair enough. I don't think it answers the question. It depends how many people. It's pretty reliable, but, but because yeah. they send out lots of boxes, and, and I, I guess it gets less reliable now that everyone's got 500 channels, but when we only had three exactly. or four, then it... Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm not here to defend it. I'm just here to describe it. OK. Fair enough. Thank you. Another round of applause for me, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Professor Hall is here. Professor Hall is the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. And I don't know which one you're going to go for, sea snails or moths. Snails, if I may, James. You may, yes. Is Wayne not with you this week? Sadly not, but it was um, a mystery hour dream team last week, wasn't it? I was very touched. I was very moved, actually. I thought it was quite a magical moment. Actually, I know Wayne's not there. He's in Thanet for some reason. He's probably working down there in the middle of UKIP country. I hope he comes back alive. Um, what's it going to be? Snails, sea snails. Why can sea snails survive in salt water, but normal snails can't? Well, it's all to do with environment and also to do with evolution. And, and I hope the producer's ready for this, all to do with osmosis. <laughs> Did he clue you up for this? Did he tell you that this was going to happen? Well, well done, then. You can... Expand, <laughs> Professor. OK, so that rather hurtful thing that people often do to slugs, whereby they put salt on them, mm. that kills a slug because, effectively, it dehydrates it. Um, a slug or a snail has a certain amount of salt in its plasma. That's termed osmotic strength. 
Yes. And it survives that way. And if you put salt on the outside, you get the osmosis going, causing the water to go from the inside to the outside. That's because they're terrestrial. But if you live in a salty environment, you have to have a different osmotic strength in your plasma so that it adapts properly to the um, the environment around you. And therefore, sneeze that sneeze snails. Sea snails. Sea snails on the sea <laughs> Yes. Sea snails and... Um, uh, marine animals yes. have a different mechanism. I mean, some, and it's the same thing on the other way around. Um, desert animals have a much longer loop of henlay in their kidneys to account for it. So, two different um, mechanisms for osmotic strength for two different environments. That's beautifully done. Can't say further than that. What are your qualifications again? How I forget. I'm really, really privileged and delighted to be Professor of Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. Do I put in a unnecessary definite article when I do it? I say Professor of the Public, so it's just P.O.P., is it? Professor of Public. Yeah, I think the Professor of, I'm professor of Public Understanding yes. of Science, but the Public Understanding or Public Understanding, it's all the same to me. No, I want to be accurate. I'm a pedant like this. You're the Professor of Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton, and this is your carillionth round of applause. No, thank you so much. 29 minutes after 12 is the time. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we want to know um, why moths fly towards light. We want to know why we have chins. Um, and I think that's it. And, th- th- well, and why you can't smile in your passport photo. I've also written down making batter, but I don't know. Oh, batteries. Yes, I thought that might have been a Yorkshire pudding question, but I answered that. Is, uh, you mean you can have another crack? There's no earthly way that you put more... Uh, less energy into making a battery than the battery contains because because you can't that's magic if if you put if you can take more energy out of a process than you put into it that would be magic technical term you're listening to a podcast of james o'brien from lbc mystery hour continues although i have to tell you further to some um uh, information i shared with you just before 12 noon the biggest mystery in Britain at the moment is how on earth David Davis is still in a job. It's possibly an even bigger mystery than the same question when applied to Boris Johnson. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, go and just have a look at some of the replies to that last one I put out, um, demonstrating yet more evidence that David Davis spent the entire referendum campaign spectacularly ignorant about what leaving the European Union meant, which wouldn't matter if he hadn't been a prominent Leave campaigner who has ended up in charge of negotiating our departure from the European Union. Oh, my days. That's why mystery is so welcome, isn't it, some weeks? John is in Feltham. John, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, John. Why can't you smile in a passport? Yeah. Now, I've actually checked out this theory, so I know it's right. I've looked at my, my passport when I was seven, and I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat. Oh, really? Now, yes, and it was an old blue passport as well, God bless them. What were you so anyway, happy about? Why did you have a passport at the age of seven? I didn't go anywhere until I was about 11 or 12, and then I went on one I, of those cardboard ones you could get from the post office. <laughs> I had a bad accident as a child, and oh. it was advised back in those days to go to a warm temperature to try and uh, recuperate. Is that right? It was, yeah. So Gosh. we went to Barbados for six weeks. It was lovely. Gosh. <laughs> dirty, dirty job, John, I guess, but somebody's got to do it, eh? Did it work? And while it, uh, yeah, it did. It was great. I oh. still remember it now. It's a lovely... lovely six place, weeks lovely in place. Barbados? What do I... F- yeah. It's almost worth jumping off a building for. Well, there you go. Carry on. seven at the time, maybe. Oh, it's true. Yeah, I, t- I hear you. Where were we? Anyway, why can't you smile in passports? Right, it's, I think it's only come in the last 15, 20 years to do with the facial recognition software 
that when you smile, it changes the point where the camera's looking at. So you could actually mistake somebody um, like an uh, airport security control. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And it was in the newspaper, actually, towards the end of... uh, You don't want to believe everything you read in the newspapers. But it is true, because all all the other passports, I've had a look back over the last couple of years, and... I think it must be in the last 15, 20 years it's come in because before that you could smile or do whatever you wanted apart from having your hair across your face. Uh, qualifications? Uh, I used to work at the airport 20 odd years ago and well, even then I could smile. Uh, really? Yes. 12.38. There you go. This will make you smile. Oh, thank you very much. No, thank you very much. You can hear the smile in his voice. Uh, Eileen is in Ricelip. Come on, Eileen. Question or answer? Come on, Eileen. <laughs> I did that two days ago, and another Eileen didn't even notice. I thought, this is, I don't know why I bother. What, what have you got for me? I don't know why you bothered on this occasion, because it's Aileen, not Eileen. Oh, spoil sport. Come on, Aileen. No, that doesn't work at all, does it? What, what, what do you want to say? Question or answer? Um, it's a sort of a bit of a steward's inquiry. Oh, no. Go on. Oh, well, no, I'm just expanding oh, on okay. your answer, which was perfectly all right. Which one? Um, the one about the viewing figures for television and radio. Oh, yes. Um, you were right, it is done by a box. Yes. But the, sorry, hold on a minute. <coughs> sorry. Oh, bless you, um, Aileen. Thank you. The box is um, attached to the person. What? Um, you are given one per member of the household, oh. and you have to carry it with you wherever you go. So if you're in a coffee shop or whatever... Um, you are deemed to be listening to whatever they are playing. Are you talking about the radio or the telly? Both of them. Well, they're done differently. Well, they weren't when I was involved. When was this? A few years ago. But did you put me down? Of course. Oh, thank you. All the time. Yeah, quite right, too. Yeah, no, nice. Really? So you... Because they are done separately. I mean, you've done it. I don't know why I'm picking an argument with you if you've actually done it. What do you get in return? You actually do quite well. They they um, used to give you vouchers. Oh, nice. Um, so every night you had to plug your devices in and they yeah. would take the readings over magic. Yeah. And um, you would then um, be able to accumulate vouchers that you could spend in various high street shops. Yeah, it's worth it then. It was well worth it, mm. yeah. I like yeah. it. And it's got you this. Thank you. No, thank you. And I promise not to do that rubbish joke if you are ever kind enough to ring me again. 12.39 is the time. Uh, Alex is in Fulham. Alex, question or answer? Uh, question, please. Carry on. Uh, wondered why on a lot of American military uniforms they have the flag back to front on the arm. Really? So they have the stars on the right-hand side when it's usually on the left. On the flag. I don't know. Are you sure? Yeah. Noticed that loads on American dramas, and then I saw it on the news or something with Trump last week, and thought, oh, is it only on the telly? That. Is it only on the telly that you've seen it? Is it like that in real life? Well, that's, I saw it on the news last week. Someone next to Trump had it on their arm, and it was back to front. So I don't know if it's. Well, I don't know if it's yeah, the telly or, 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 or the flag. Then in that case, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's an interesting. Well, one. Not, any writing you see in the TV is not back to front. So I can't imagine it's the TV flipping it round. You make a very good. You make an excellent point. (laughs) 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 At least neither do we spend our lives, uh, as the answer I was originally reaching for, observing American military personnel through our rearview mirror, which is why they write ambulance (laughs) backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. I try. I don't know, Um, and 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 I haven't seen it, but obviously, it's not anarchy at all. It's a lovely question. I, I don't know why do why is the American flag 
reversed on, on American military uniforms. Um, Alex in Fulham, thank you. 12.41 is the time. Andy is in Sutton. Andy, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Carry on. Um, basically, the chin um, yes. is not really an anatomical place. It's kind of, um, it's the end of the mandible, as it were. The bottom um, of the jaw. Of as, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's still part of the same bone. Um, so basically, it acts as, a, as an anchor for your uh, your musculature, to, like your mastodon and things like that, to, to eat with. So essentially, it's, it's like your, your bottom region. It doesn't really exist. It's more of a, a conjunction of where muscles kind of cross over and bits and pieces like that. So, I, I, I didn't really understand the question. Why do we have chins? Because yeah, it's kind of a, a misnomer of a question. It's not. It's not. A, yeah, it's not it, a technically worded right. Because but, in a way, I was right. If we didn't have a chin, all our food would fall out of our mouth. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So it's, it's, it's part, part of, of the jaw. jaw. So if you think yeah. of it as part of the jaw rather than as a, as a somehow separate entity, then there's no mystery at all about why it exists. It's no. so that we can chew stuff and keep it food in our mouth while we eat. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. 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 All right. Exactly. Qualifications? Uh, I was a sports therapist in the past life. Well, why did you stop? Uh, I've, I've, gone, I've followed a, a career in which I love, I think. What That's probably the answer. What are you doing now? I, uh, I'm now a garden maintenance and horticulturist. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, with the added bonus of, of being able to treat yourself when you get lots of horticulture-related aches and pains. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's great. It's 12.42. Round of applause for Andy. Uh, Colin is in Orpington. Colin, question or answer? Hi, um, it's a question, please. Yes. And it's, um, uh, why are people that are considered to be a bit stupid or lack of intelligence <laughs> are called a lemon? What's the association with... I, I don't know, actually. I, is it, I, it might be because we win. Say, say something really stupid, Colin. Um, How did you vote in the referendum? I voted to leave. Oh, I just winced. Yeah, right, OK. Like I would if I'd licked a lemon. Oh, I see. Do you is think there, it could be that? Is, um, not really, no. No? I'm not totally convinced. OK. No. That's the best I got, but you're quite right not to accept it. I'll put it on the board. How has lemon... But there's all sorts of words like that, though. I like plum. I know. You said it the other day. I do say it a I lot. Li- I listen to your programme every day. You're very course, kind. I'm very course. grateful to you. And, um, and, and the other one is, um, oh, you're a bit of a mug. Mug, so mug, what, mug comes from yes. being mugged off, doesn't it? Or, or, or it? mugging, you know, the victim of a mugging is a mug. I hate that word for that reason. Because yeah, that, that sounds, that does sound a bit more convincing than your previous answer. I hear you, uh, but why plum? Plum, my, probably my favourite fruit-based insult, more than lemon. But I feel I have to mix it up for fear of yeah, repetition. I, know, but I mean, uh, at work, I hear the word also. He's a bit of a pilchard. He is a bit of a... Where do they come from? A, you've got, you've got to I stop. Work in, the print, work in the printing trade. Oh, he's a right pilchard. He's a right pilchard. I like it. All right, lemon. Why? And you've heard it elsewhere. It's not just me, because I don't think I've made this one oh, up. No, no. no. no I've heard it elsewhere. And, uh, I'm 74 now, so I've heard it many times. Many, many uh, lemons. I just wondered what the association was for yeah. a piece of fruit. Uh, if, I'm right about, if I'm right about the wincing, I shall, I shall apologise to you for using you as an example. But, but if I'm not, I won't. So, lemon, why? 12.45, very nearly. We need these. Um, why do moths fly towards lights? We've done the chins. Why, do American, why does the flag, the stars and the stripes on American military uniforms, appear to be um, the wrong way round? And why is lemon a synonym for doofus? Don't ring in and ask me what doofus means. I don't know. Uh, should we do one more? Marshan, Mar- is it, in Basingstoke? Marchin. Marchin, I do apologise. Are, are you here to talk about why we have chins? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh. I was thinking about that one, but... Uh, Marchin. Yeah. Marchin. No, sorry, carry on, mate. Your surname's um, not banned. You've heard all this before, haven't you? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it. Question or answer, Martin? Uh, it's an answer, actually, um, about the batteries. Yes. So this one, um, I don't know about from the uh, input side, but from an output perspective, um, if you consider that the battery's got a certain amount of potential energy stored in it. Yes. Um, and um, if it was an ideal source, um, it would have zero resistance. It does have a resistance, and therefore you have energy dropped inside the battery before you actually get anything electrical out of it. Yes. Um, it's why the battery warms up. So you'll never get anything meaningful, well, I say meaningful, anything um, approaching exactly what you put in uh, no, you can't. You're, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, I said you can't possibly end up with more coming out than you put in, but you're reminding us you can't even have the same because. Whoa, where are you marching? Uh, sorry, I'm by a road. I'm All right. A walk on my lunch break. I, I, I'm going to give you a round of applause. Whoa, haven't we got loads? What happened then? Spooky. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. Why is lemon a uh, synonym for prune? <laughs> Some of you, I love it. <laughs> Someone's taken me to task for claiming that my favourite fruit-based insult is plum. Someone's got in touch. I've lost it now. Twitter's going nuts at the moment while we're on air. Um, but the uh, bottom line is, is, someone said, no, it's not. It's prune. Prune is your favourite fruit-based insult. I suspect you might be right. It's a three-way battle between prune, plum and lemon. Although Colin did throw pilchard into the mix, which I accept is not a fruit, but it is a rather splendid... Isn't that a Del Boy insult as well, Rodney, you pilchard? I think it is, when, when, when he'd kind of exhausted Plonker. 12.51 is the time. Uh, questions that still need answers. The one about the American flag on American military uniforms. The one about the moths and the moon. And the one about the lemons. Damien is in Seven Sisters. Question or answer, Damien? Uh, hi there, it's an answer. Carry on. Uh, for, the American, for the American flag on American military uniforms. Brilliant. Um, the reason that the flag on the right shoulder is faced backwards is because it appears as though looking on either side of the soldier, they're always going forward. They're never, they're never going to re retreat. They're oh, yeah. always moving forward. I love it. Qualifications? Uh, retired United States Marine. Are you serious? Yep. How long have you been listening to the program? Um, I've... I've been listening to this probably about three years now. Are you familiar with Ray Liotta? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you know what it is in the context of this program? No. No. That's why I checked. You don't, it's not, you don't have to listen every day. What we do, if someone rings in, not just in Mystery Hour, Damien, but if someone rings in with uh, such an astonishing um, qualification for the contribution that they're making to the program. So, you know, if, if, if we were having a conversation about Article 50 and Lord Kerr, okay. who wrote Article 50, rang in, then if it wasn't a little bit childish, I'd give him a Ray Liotta. And on, and on Mystery Hour, if someone's qualification for answering the question is is pretty close to perfect, then they get a Ray Liotta, and I'm thinking about giving you one. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Have you got a lot of medals already? Um, I, I have been decorated, yes. Okay, well, I would like to add to those decorations. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're <laughs> listening to James O'Brien on LBC. If you build it, they will come. That's the real Ray Liotta as well, man. He did it for us when he came in, to, he came in for an interview with Steve Allen. It's the real deal. Thank you, Damien. That was lovely. 12.53 is the time. Maria's in Castleford. Marie, question or answer? It's a question, please, James. Good Hello. afternoon. Hello, Marie. I'd like to know, why do we say, um, bless you when somebody sneezes? 
Ah. You just said it. A lady just I, sneezed. I, I know she did. It was Aileen. It was Aileen who sneezed, yeah, wasn't I know. it? But I, I don't know why we do it. And it intrigues me because we automatically, well, I do. majority of us do it. I know why. The ones with manners like you and I, obviously me. Of course. <laughs> yeah, we're very well brought up, you and me, Mary. Absolutely. It's going out of fashion. Now, <laughs> Do it. I know. I not only do I know the answer to this, I can provide. Oh, you do. I, I guess no. I can provide you with a with a with a means of ensuring that you will never forget what the answer is. Oh, how did I guess? Go on. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Right. Ring a ring of roses. A pocket full of posies. A tissue. A tissue. Over to you, Marie. We all fall down. What's that nursery rhyme about? No, I'm not with you at all. Bubonic plague. So the idea, the, 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 the idea was that you no could you, you could fend off the spores that would give you the plague by having a pocket full of posies, yeah, made right. out of roses, made, a ring of roses, if you will. But if the spores did infect you, the first symptom you would display if you'd got bubonic ah. plague would be sneezing. So when you sneeze, people say "bless you," either as a way of saying "oh, bad luck," looks like you're dying. Oh, or, no. or as a way of saying, bless you, I hope that's just a sneeze and not the bubonic plague, but it is exactly linked to that. That's why we say it. Oh, you're so clever. You just oh, shut up. Oh, it cost my parents really tens of thousands of pounds. a nice big round of applause. Bless no, you, Marie. Bless you, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> what an utterly charming end to mystery. Our pressure's on James in Aylesbury, not to spoil it all. James, question or answer? Uh, question. Carry on. I'm a lorry driver. I'm up and down the country. I go to deliveries. Once I go there once, you always remember it. But I had a delivery to Wembley Stadium where if I didn't recognise the face, I recognised the security guard's voice. It was an old friend of mine. Yeah. So my question is, if our brain was a hard drive, <laughs> how big would it be? <laughs> oh, no! 12.55? What are you expecting? Well, I've been waiting for a while. I was hoping I was going to get on earlier. It's been bugging me for a while. If, how would we know? If my, so you mean in terms of storing information? Yeah. Yeah, because that information was obviously in my brain. I've never, ever, you know, would have needed it or used it again, apart from when I did this delivery and come across this guy. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I mean, can we just do the average human brain, James, or does it have to specifically be yours? Well, I'd, I'd say more yours than, than, than mine or, or some of your professors that call in. But, yeah, it's just on average. Yeah, average human brain. If it was a hard drive, how, how many gigs would it be? Yeah. That's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant question. I, and I, I don't even know if it's answerable. I wouldn't know where to start. Let's hope somebody listening to this can uh, shed some light on it. I love that. I love it, I love it, I love it. Thank you, James. 12.56 is the time. Joe is in Liverpool. Joe, question or answer? It's Jez in Liverpool. Um, it is Jez. I don't know where I got Joe Jez. from. Sorry, Jez. That's all right, mate. I've been called with. Um, <laughs> it's, an answer, it's an answer about the moths. Go on. Uh, they use the moon to navigate. Um, so when they, they see a bright light, it's up close, they get distracted by that and they, they use the light instead. That was it. Yeah, so I was right about the moon, but I, I was wrong about the why. Yeah. I couldn't I remember know, why. I didn't hear it originally. I've, I've only heard the recap. Oh, good. Well, where have you been? What have you been doing? Uh, I, I've, been at, I've been at the hospital with my mother. Oh, all right. No, that's absolutely yeah, excellent. No, that's absolutely excellent. Is everything all right? Yeah, everything's all right. Oh, good. Yeah, good stuff. Well, um, yeah. I'll give you a round of applause then. Come on, Tom, Jeff. 12.57 is the time. Dave's in Putney. Dave, question or answer? Um, I've got an answer for you, James. Bring it. I think I have for the lemon question. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I've always assumed some lemon sherbet. Herbert. Rhyming slang for a Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. But why is a Herbert a rude word? Well, that's what you, that's, uh, what your 
Uh, and they deserted. I didn't know that. Got a very well trained. It probably... But that's double rhyming slang. That doesn't happen very often, because Herbert probably is rhyming slang for something else. Well, it's bottle and, bottle and glass, isn't there? Yeah. But we're not doing that, are we? Lemon, no, lemon sherbet. Say, no. Oh, you, you lemon, lemon you lemon sherbet, you Herbert. But then Herbert, why is Herbert an insult? Well, maybe that's one for another day. <sighs> no, we have to answer that in order to give you the round of applause that we want to give you oh, now. Oh, 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 Dave, oh, oh, oh. oh. There you go, anyway. Well, should we give him one? Feeling generous. Yeah? Yeah, give him a half. Lawrence is in... I wouldn't celebrate a half, though. You have nothing left to do if you get a whole one one day. Lawrence is in Isha. Quickly, Lawrence, question or answer? Very quickly, it's a correction about chins. Oh. You haven't been... I haven't heard from you for a while. Is everything all right? Well, I tried to get through to a couple of weeks ago it's because so busy the these days. of having wisdom teeth out was right. also rather... Lawrence is my pocket-retired dentist. Who used to get, <laughs> we used to speak quite anyway, often, but I've got a million listeners now, Lawrence. No, none of the old fellas can get through. None of the old guard can I get through. I know. I love listening. God oh, bless you. What have we got? Uh, take Bruce Forsyth and uh, the um, uh, Jimmy Hill. Both had very... Pro- very pronounced chins. They did. They had no better chewing ability or um, keeping the food in their mouth because the muscles around the mouth, called the orbicularis oris, are not attached to the chin. Oh. Now, your uh, caller who said about chewing and the masseter, Mm. the masseter muscle is actually attached to the angle of the jaw. If you run your finger backwards until it goes up there's the angle and when you clench your uh, mouth you can feel the muscle contract uh-huh. so unfortunately uh-huh. chins are nothing to do with chewing or keeping an anterior oral seal why have we got a chin then uh it's developmental that'll do I don't know what topics Sheila Fogarty is going to be covering for the next three hours, but I'm fairly confident that the answer to all three of them is it's developmental. Developmental, <laughs> yeah. Indeed yeah. it is. I, I think it will do, though, that, that answer, won't it? It will Always. do. Yeah, I quite like my chin. <laughs> I, just, I just wish I didn't have so many of them. That's the problem. <laughs> Thank you, James. If you enjoyed this podcast, hear James O'Brien live every weekday morning from 10, only on LBC.